Welcome to the Goalie Hacks podcast, the show dedicated to providing elite tips, hacks, and strategies to take your game to the next level, where we help you become an elite goaltender, one hack at a time. And now, here's your host, Mike Santaguida. All right, bang, bang, everyone, and welcome back to the Goalie Hacks audio experience. Here with your boy, your host, Mike Santaguida, joining you all once again on the show. And hope everyone is doing great, and I hope everyone's been enjoying all the interviews we've had on the pod lately with some uh, amazing guests. Um, but this week we have a, another very special guest, and I've been really excited to release this one as it's an approach and, and framework I haven't really heard elsewhere before. And uh, I really felt like I just connected with the content at, at such a deep level, and uh, I'm really excited to introduce our guest today and have, have you guys hear this conversation. And that convo's with Dan Lefalar uh, from Novus Global Sports. And uh, Dan has had the, the privilege to work with just a huge number of amazing athletes at the NHL level all the way down to Major Junior. And we dive deep in his uh, mental performance framework. He's coined as Meta Performance. And in this conversation, we break down the different types of mental performers uh, to help reveal to everyone listening, you know, what you guys are out there, what you goalies are, uh, what you coaches are even. And it's, I'm sure a lot of parents are listening too, but, um, you know, what your strengths are and what your weaknesses might be. And we break down what exactly it means to be a meta performer and uh, meta being coined after metamorphosis. And I absolutely loved, you know, the combo today and, and Dan's explanation of, of uh, his whole framework and everything. I know you guys are really going to, I love this combo. And, uh, you know, Dan is a great guy who just has a very deep understanding of different performers out there. And I know you guys are going to love this one. So without further ado, let's jump into this week's conversation. I know you're going to love the chat Dan and I had today. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Goalie Hacks podcast. And I'm very excited to welcome today a leading meta performance coach in Western Canada. And that gentleman is... Dan Lefalar. And Dan holds a degree in health science from the University of Calgary and is currently a senior partner at Novus Global, a tribe of elite executive coaches who work with Fortune 500 companies, professional athletes, world-renowned artists, and multimillionaire business leaders to create lives, teams, and companies that go beyond high performance. And he is also the director of Novus Global Sports, which is a division that works with the world's best athletes and teams. And while Novus Global serves thousands of clients annually, Dan chooses to work with less than 15 clients a year, and half of Dan's clients are professional athletes, and the other half are high-achieving leaders in the for-profit sector. And Dan's work with clients is tailored to each individual team and company uh, around Novus Global's patented go-live method of coaching uh, geared towards ex exponential impact and profound personal fulfillment. And it couldn't be more excited to dive into his work and his philosophy today. Dan, how you doing, buddy? Thanks for coming on the show, man. That was that was a mouthful, man. That was a long. I should I should shorten the bio. <laughs> but thanks, man. I'm really <laughs> no, it's excited. good, man. It's excited strong. to be here. Yeah, good, man. Well, well, right on, and, and happy to hear you'd be willing to come on the show. And, and shout out to uh, Curtis Muka who uh, suggested I bring Dan on and mentioned that he's done a lot of work with the Edmonton Oil Kings and the WHL for some time with the squad. So uh, excited to jump in everything today. But maybe you can just detail to everyone, you know. Uh, we kind of like to start the show off with this. Obviously, it's kind of a hard time, but, you know, just some of the challenges yeah. you and your athletes have uh, faced the past year due to COVID and how you've been able to overcome them up to this point. 
Yeah, it's a, it's a huge question, man. There's so many different challenges depending on what league and level you're playing in. We had players uh, playing in the dub, uh, trapped in, you know, Red Deer in the actual building. They were living there. Uh, so we had an athlete in there at the, with the Rebels. <laughs> thought that was crazy. Uh, that you know, to, crazy. to guys in, in the NHL who, you know, are trying to keep their families safe and COVID tests and then vaccinations and when, and so it's, it's been, it's been a crazy time. I think for everybody, even for me personally, is I'm, I got three little kids. So being stuck at home and homeschooling, yeah. I'm a really bad first grade teacher. I learned that I'm, I'm horrible <laughs> at it. Um, wasn't, it wasn't very fun, but yeah, no, uh, it's, I, I think for most guys, like uh, for a lot of guys, when the pandemic started, it was just not having ice, um, yeah. uh, and getting ice time and feeling a little bit, out of sorts about it. What, what a lot of my guys, I think, uh, and our team works with a lot of different hockey players, but have learned that, uh, even when you're some, for some of the guys being away from the ice is actually really good for them, uh, mentally, um, mm -hmm. just take a big, a bit of a break, but at the same time to work on some skills. But at the same time, I think the biggest challenge was just being away from the rink. Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. Well, I, you know, I, I wish you and, and your athletes, obviously the best luck going forward and tough year, but things seem to be clearing up a little bit. I heard that things are going a, much better out west there and in, in canada than here in ontario we, in ontario we've turned, into, we've turned into a communist province in in the country so. is this a political podcast i'm down let's go let's let's talk government and anarchy oh, man. no it, but, you know, yeah, everything's, know it's everything's everything's opening up you know so and and good to see everybody down in the states where you know things are getting going back to normal there so hopefully yeah Everybody gets into the groove here as we kind of get into tryout season for for all the kids and everything like that. But, uh, you know, maybe you can just start off by briefly sharing a bit of your story and your company's story and how we got to where we are today. Yeah. So I I actually so I never played hockey, which sounds kind of strange. Um, I was a speed skater, uh, actually, with the National Training Program in Calgary, Alberta. Nice. So I skated with the world's best speed skaters, including Canadian Olympians and multiple wow. gold medalists. So I was around high performance sport. I was a high performing athlete. I was ranked top 10 as a junior in Canada. Um, nice. And my last race of my entire career, it was second to last, was in 2004. Now I'm dating myself a little bit. Um, I was 19 years old. I raced a guy named Sven Kramer. If you're interested in skating, if you want to learn how to skate for real, all you goalies out there, you, you got you to gotta get into some power skating lessons by a speed skater. But um, my last race was against a guy named Sven Kramer. He's, he's now the most decorated speed skater in history. Uh, wow. And I set a personal best. I skated better than I'd ever skated before. Uh, and after that race, I never raced again. Um, uh, and, and that had primarily to do with what was going on between my ears. Uh, um, I was training with the world's best, literally number one, three, and five in the world were in my training wow. group, um, of, there was about 12 of us in that group or 15. And, um, and that whole season, I just, I, 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 I couldn't get my head on straight. I was depressed. I was discouraged. I fell out of love with the sport that I had given so much of my life and childhood to, mm -hmm. and walked away from competitive sport, um, at, at 19, retired at the age of 19. Wow. Um, and, uh, it wasn't until years later, a decade later that, um, I look back and begin to understand what was going on. I had seen a sports psychologist at the time, um, a really good one too. uh, worked with the Olympic team. Um, but it didn't seem to do what I needed. Uh, I, I couldn't, I couldn't wrestle down what was going on inside of my mind, mm -hmm. uh, during races and, 
And so um, that kind of sent me on a quest to figure out, okay, what's going on? Uh, and so I ended up going to school, got a health sciences degree, uh, studied biology and neuroanatomy and studied genetics and all that stuff. Um, mm. And I've been, always been a bit of a nerd. And then, um, and then started working with the company I work with now, Novus Global. Mm-hmm. Um, and initially that work was all done in uh, corporate settings. So we work with massive companies, uh, companies like Rockefeller Group in New York City, um, to Suntory. I actually coached one of the executives there. It's a Japanese uh, whiskey company. They own Jim Bean and Jack Daniels nice. I think, as well. Um, and so we were doing a lot of work in the corporate space. And then uh, a friend of mine uh, who is an agent who represents uh, younger players, he had a player that was struggling and he said, Hey, will you meet with this player? And this is a guy who was a rookie season in WHL. And, uh, and I was like, and a light bulb went off in my head. And I, I thought, well, what if I applied what we're doing with CEOs and these companies to perform at incredible levels to the minds of athletes? And I met with this guy, um, coached him for three years. He went from being, he, I think he got three points his rookie season, ended up captain of that team, top wow. point getter in the league, now plays in the pros. Um, uh, and really turned his mind around, turned his performance around. And, um, and that's when re- we realized that the company's like, oh, like there's a whole, there's a whole application here we didn't really see. Right. And it totally made sense. And in hindsight, I look back at my skating career and or lack thereof. And I do wonder what, what would have been if I had right. had the same tools. So um, what ended up happening now is um, I'm kind of on a one-man mission to make sure that if somebody is talented, has the character and the drive, um, that 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 portion of their performance doesn't stop them from achieving what they want to achieve. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, uh, you know, and I and I heard some, you know, I know you, you just released some podcasts, and I heard some, uh, you know, just some names that you mentioned of clients you work with, and uh, very very high level for for everybody listening. So I think we're in for a treat today. But uh, maybe you can just dive into some of your work. You know, I mentioned that uh, you know you're working with Edmonton Oil Kings a bit, so we'll kind of start at that major junior level if you don't mind, but. Um, yeah, 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 you know, obviously the show is is about goaltenders. So, uh, and I know you work with a variety yeah. of people, and and you also mentioned you work with some goalies as well. But in your opinion, kind of at the junior level or the major junior level, like what's one of the most important mental skills goalies should be developing, and why? Yeah, that's a big question. I do think it depends on the goalie um, and the player. Like I've worked so a little, little bit go a little further back. Our team worked with uh, the 2018 uh, Swift Current Broncos the year they won the WHL. And I, I, I particularly got to know and and worked uh, quite a bit with Stuart Skinner. And then one of our other coaches has been working with Joel Holfer for the last number of years as well. So those are two goalies that are part of our, our crew of players. And um, those two guys are great examples. Both are very different guys. Obviously they play the same position, but the way they think, what they're paying attention to, what they're not paying attention to, is is vastly different. So one of the one of the first skills. This is, sounds kind of simple, um, and I think I think you're going to hear this from other people too. Is is noticing what you're thinking about, <laughs> note like really paying attention to where your mind is going right. when it's playing, particularly in practices and in playing. And in practices, just like when you're golfing, different activities. How much do you show up to the activity you're in? And then what is pulling you out of showing up in the activity you're in mentally? Mm. Um, uh, many of us, I'm sure any, anyone who's listening to this has been uh, on the ice and your mind wanders. You start paying attention to the shots on the board. Mm. And I've asked goalies this uh, many times. I'm like, hey, do you, do you notice how many shots there were in this game? And it's interesting. Um, the guys who tell me usually that they didn't, they didn't even acknowledge the shot total or even the time in the period, 
usually it's because they're so engrossed in the game and they're playing at an incredible level. And then yeah. other guys will say, no, I, I do see it. And it doesn't like, and they're playing at a high level too. So it is mm-hmm. very uh, player centric. And I, I get a little bit leery of kind of a one size fits all in terms of, well, every, you know, every player needs to have grit. It's like, well, yeah, I, I think every player has some level of grit. If you didn't right. have any grit, you wouldn't be able to stand and stop a puck. Um, <laughs> the question is, is like, how do you particularly respond to uh, adversity and right. what 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 is your kind of go-to pattern right now? And noticing that pattern. That's where I think everything starts is noticing yeah. the patterns that are already there and then slowing down and going, okay, is that pattern working for me? Where is it getting in my way? Where is it helping me? Um, that takes a lot of uh, attention that I think few guys are willing to make. But when they start paying attention to that stuff, um, they start noticing their own thinking. They start paying attention to the, to the, the nuances of that. Um, they can begin to really channel it. One of my coaches, I'll tell you a quick story. One of my coaches, um, speed skating coaches, told me early on, I was 16 years old and I would, I would be racing and she'd be like, you think too much. And I was like, oh, and I, maybe a coach has come to you and said, hey, stop thinking, right? Oh my gosh. Well, I, it's like, it's like, I think you had a guest on, I, I saw a title of the podcast, like stop thinking about the pink elephant, right? Yeah, right. Recently. Yeah. Uh, right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So like shout out to that last, that last guest. And I, I forgot who it was, but I'm sure it was phenomenal. Um, but like, you know, like the old, the old story is like, Hey, if I tell you to, to think of a pink elephant or not think of a pink elephant, what do you think about? You think about the pink elephant, your brain right, right. tends to pay attention. It's like, it's like that, uh, those old photos of a, a car that runs into a pole and there's like every other option available. Like you could drive anywhere. <laughs> Why did you hit the pole? Well, it's because the person was thinking, don't hit the pole. And they were staring right. at the pole. So they drove right into the pole. So one of the, one of the key things at the very beginning, uh, when my coach said to me this to me, he's like, you, you need to stop thinking. You think too much. What I heard was, um, uh, you need to stop thinking. And then I tried to stop thinking and that was an unmitigated disaster. <laughs> it right, didn't work okay. at all. Um, what I, what I began to realize, and I've realized more and more with the work that we do is it's about focusing your thinking. It's what are you thinking about? You're going to be thinking, um, unless you get to a euphoric flow state, which happens, right. And we can, there are preconditions to creating that. And I'm sure you've talked about that guest before too. Um, uh, you want to, you want to begin to hone that in that conversation. And, but ultimately this is kind of the biggest thing that uh, we help guys, uh, figure out is that everything really is the product of a conversation. Like we're having a conversation right now, but if you're listening to this podcast on headphones, there was a conversation about those headphones before they existed. That's why they're in your ears. Somebody sat down in a room and said, hey, we should design a new headphone or we should design a speaker. Conversations is what creates things. So if you don't like what's being created, you gotta almost reverse engineer and go back to the conversations. What are the conversations I'm paying attention to in my own life, in my own mind, in my play with my teammates? Because those conversations are what what will create what's next in your world, and that that that's such a simple principle, but it's so often neglected, not practiced, or guys just don't know how to, to grapple with it. Right. And uh, I'm sure that reminds I'm I'm sure that reminds you. And I'm curious in terms of your thoughts on this one. Uh, like, does that remind you of other conversations you've already had on this podcast? Oh, for sure. Um, you know, I I think there's some common underlying themes that you know, uh, mental performance, uh, experts kind of, um, you know, cling to and, and this yeah. idea of, uh, you know, you're trying to, you know, control the thoughts in your head and, and in prior, uh, you know, conversations we brought up, uh, things to deal with that or like anchor techniques, 
um, you know, certain things you stay in your head to bring back meditation. Um, so I'm just curious, you know, what is something for you that you do with your athletes to one, help them build more awareness around that. And then two, help them kind of make that fix. Yeah. So, um, that's a great question. And, and like, and and you've done such a good job, Mike, like having lots of guests on with, with tips of that nature. So if you're listening to this podcast Mm -hmm. and you haven't heard other episodes with other mental performance people on it, go listen to them. They're going to have, you'll have pages of different things you could do. (laughs) One of the things, one of the things that it makes us a little bit different and unique from other organizations. And I was having a conversation with George Mumford recently. Mm. Um, do you know who that is, Mike? Of course. Yeah. Yeah. So George is, uh, for those of you out there who don't, George was the mental um, uh, training coach in the nineties for the Chicago Bulls. So worked with Kobe and with Michael Jordan and with, with Shaq. It's very famous. Guy. Shaq sounds like he's meditating all the time. He's just don't, don't <laughs> <there>, right? Um, <laughs> he's just super Zen. Right. Um, and, and yeah, shout out to George, man, that guy, if you, if you haven't picked up his book, the mindful athlete recommended reading such a great book on mental, just mental agility and performance. And George is someone that we really respect and revere. He was just on Tim Ferriss's podcast. If you want to check that out. Um, so but the reason I bring George up, and I get him on then, eh? if he was on Tim Ferriss's. Oh, <laughs> well, <laughs> hey, don't sell yourself short, Mike. Like you don't know that. I emailed the guy, and I'm like, hey, can we chat? And he's like, okay, we got on a call. Really? Uh, I really get that yeah, email. yeah, yeah. He's a great, great man. A great man. He's he's getting up there in age, but yeah, we we sure. um, oh, I'm trying to remember my train of thought here. So we were we were chatting about um, the reason I bring up George is George, his approach. I learned a lot from him uh, over yeah. the time that I've spent with him. Um, is to rather than rush to a technique or an anchoring, which are all good, you you almost I think what is missing and what makes Novus unique, and this is something we did learn from George, is slowing down before you do any of that to really get curious about what's going on, mm. because too often we think, oh, like I'm I'm feeling a negative emotion or uh, I'm stressed about this or I'm, and we go to a solution very, very quickly. Okay. I'll do some breathing. I'll do some meditation. Cause I need to get rid of this thing. Not right. realizing that resisting that thing. Sometimes the things that we're resisting are really, um, uh, what's the better term for this fertilizers for the right. growth that we need. And too often we resist them and try to like, uh, behave our way out of them rather than sitting. And this is what we do with our athletes. A lot of the time sitting with the athlete, sitting with the person and going, okay, what this is revealing something. Let's dig into this. Like, and then, and that's where a lot of the conversations around the beliefs and what's going on and really slowing it down. But the, the important element to the, that whole process is curiosity, um, curiosity, uh, certainty and curiosity. We want certainty in certain environments. We want curiosity in others. But curiosity is one of the most powerful, creative uh, performance drugs. If you want to use a performance-enhancing drug, curiosity will get you a way further than anything else. And wow. um, uh, you, you watch any Pixar movies? Oh, of course. Toy Story, all that stuff? Yeah. So, Are you kidding? Come on. I'm sure everybody – I think well, we all grew know, up actually, on that, right? Kids listening. We're maybe dating ourselves. Well, they had a Toy Story 4 come out recently, right? Yeah, that was like last... My kids watched that, right? Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, and my, I got an 11-year-old. Um, but toy, So there's a book called Creativity Inc. And it's written by one of the guys who founded Pixar, the company that oh, wow. did all these, has created all these movies. And what's really interesting about him, his name is Ed Catnell. In the book, he says, uh, every morning he would wake up and he would look in the mirror and he would say to himself, Today, I am radically wrong about something, and I want to find out what it is. 
And that, that was his reminder, his grounding, if you will, or his, his pivot to remind himself to be curious in the day he was about to step into. Because we miss, our brains miss so much information, so much learning, so much possibility because we're on our mission and we're going as opposed to wondering, right. like really wondering, okay, like, hey, that, that coach is kind of off. I wonder you know, what's going on there. Or, hey, this, the puck doesn't seem to, you know, it's the only reason you learn is because you're wondering about something really at some level. Mm. And the hardest mm. thing to teach somebody is the thing they think they already know. Um, right. Goalies, if you're, if you're out there and you're like, oh, at the moment, I, I, I you know, <laughs> my post play is perfect. I'm perfect at post play, but most people wouldn't say that, but guys think it right. For sure. And it's like, <laughs> what, you know, it's like, oh, I don't need to work on that yeah. as opposed to wondering about it. Like I wonder mm -hmm. how it could be better. And the best athletes in the world that we work with, they have an insatiable wondering, a, a hunger that there is no mountain peak. They haven't hit the peak. There is no peak. They just keep climbing. Yeah there's always some way to develop mm. that skill even further. And that's the muscle that we want to cultivate in our, in our athletes is this yeah. curiosity, this wonder, this, uh, to quote, to quote Bruce Lee, he said, be, be happy, but never satisfied. And, yeah. uh, I love that quote. You can be happy and still grow at the same time. You don't have to kick, kick your, kick your butt all the way up the mountain yeah, uh, all the time. No kidding, man. Well, I, I, I know you, you mentioned that, uh, you, you know, uh, you work with gold medalists, uh, your, your company work with gold medalists, uh, uh Joel Holfer from team Canada, um, but maybe you can kind of just dive into him a little bit uh, that I know the audience can kind of connect with and, you know, just share with everybody maybe what separates him, you know, uh, as such an elite goaltender compared to everybody else and um, uh, and uh, anything that he does in particular that, you know, really separates him or is going to separate him in his career going forward. Yeah, no, Joel. Uh, and, and actually, I, I, I won't speak out of term because I'm not even Joel's coach. One of our team is David Gerber. So I'll give him a shout out right now. And so, David, yeah. if you listen to this later, um, David's done an incredible <laughs> job. And Joel, if you hear this, man, um, we, we have just been such big fans of Joel in, in his career. And I, I met Joel yeah. early on when he was a backup goalie uh, with Swift Current. And he, he was on a championship winning team. So he got to sit and watch that firsthand and see the dynamics and watch how uh, I think that 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 goalie matchup in that final was interesting because it was Carter Hart and Stuart Skinner playing each other, right. and Joel's on the bench watching all this go down, and and you got one of the one of the greatest goal uh, goalie talents to come out of that generation in a while, and Carter Hart, and he's in the NHL, and you got Stuart Skinner who actually won that that tournament, <laughs> won that yeah, duel. He, uh, he won it in numbers and wins, all that stuff. So, yeah. um, but Joel specifically, man, I just, I, I'll tell you the story as it occurred to me. And then maybe you have Joel on and, and David on later yeah, and they can yeah, talk I'd to you about it. Him. Um, uh, yeah. So I remember uh, before that junior world tournament, um, uh, David and Joel, and I wrote about this in one of our articles that um, you can, you can go find at our website. Uh, yeah. And um, Joel, Joel was not invited to the selection camp in the summer. Um, uh, I don't know if people know that, but he, he wasn't on, he obviously was on team Canada's radar to some level, but he wasn't one of the three goalies that they were anticipating bringing. Right. And so David, uh, and Joel sat down and they, he asked Joel, like, what do you want? Like, what do you really want out of this season? What would blow your mind? What would thrill you? And obviously winning a gold medal backstop in the team that, that year would be huge for Joel. And he said that, and then David, who's an incredibly talented coach in our firm, um, held space for Joel really to process like, okay, that's the goal. 
how much would need to happen? What kind of work would you have to put in? What, mm. what would you have to be willing to go do that no one else is going to do in order to achieve that? Because Joel would, ha- would have had to, and he did, effectively play his way onto that team. And, and we say, and I'm sure you've heard this on, on, from other guests too, that luck is where opportunity and preparation is. Oh, I love it, buddy. I love that line. Yeah. Actually, nobody said that line. I've brought that up myself because I absolutely oh, really? love that line. Yeah, yeah. I no, love it's that a, line. I firm believer in that. Like luck is where it, the opportunities, do you control opportunities? No, but there are opportunities everywhere. And I can tell you a story about another player uh, with the New York Islanders from this season that's insane. When you hear like the details of it, it's incredible yeah, um, about the after. same sort of situation. Yeah. Um, but with Joel, it's like, hey, the opportunity may or may not present itself. But if it does, will you be prepared? Mm. Will you be prepared? Will you know you did everything in your power to, to go that extra mile, not to overtrain and be stupid and hurt your body, but but to go after your diet, to go after your development, to, to commit to playing consistently, to show up uh, and be hard work. This is one of um, one of our goalies uh, uh, mindsets that he, he lives in a lot. He's like, I will. I, he's de- he's determined to be a definition of hard work that has never existed before. That's how hard okay. he wants to work. Right. And he wants to set a new standard of that. So when you wake up eating and breathing that um, uh, that mental diet, if you will, uh, over and over again, um, uh, it creates a different type of animal, a different type of player on the right, ice, right? right? And so Joel worked that plan and process and was consistent. And yeah, did he have some bad games? Of course, every goalie does. But he, sure. he never lost sight of the long-term vision. And there's a, there's a saying in our work, with a clear why, you can endure almost any how. Mm. With a clear destination, with a clear vision. Another way we say it this way, find a vision worth the pain of the transformation. Find a vision of the future you want to go after that's worth the pain of suffering. That's what the word passion actually means. If you look it up, the word passion means suffer, to suffer. If I want to know what you're passionate about, I'll look at what you suffer in. And, <laughs> I didn't and know so, that. No way. Yeah, man. So like, if, if I want to know, like some people say, oh, I'm passionate about so-and-so uh, or, or this thing or, or that, you know, this person. If you're not willing to suffer for that, you're not passionate about it. And Joel was, I know from afar, as David was working with Joel and they're, they're, uh, they're, they're working together right now too. Um, Joel was committed to suffering for something he loved, the opportunity right. and the preparation to meet. And they did. And he obviously went to the tournament. He wasn't the starting goalie. He got an opportunity to get in and he was ready. Um, and uh, I was such a, like Joel did all that. He lifted all that weight um, and, and they, they walked away with the gold medal. Um, well, I yeah, love the so kind of, I just, cool I, I love the story. I mean, cause I'm sure there's it's so much there that people didn't realize leading up to his gold. Like everybody goes and, you know, they look at the elite prospects and they just see, you know, they see all of the success you've had, but, and I even said that on, on previous podcasts, you know, I said, they, they only show the stuff that I've like won. I said, they don't show how many teams I got cut from. And I probably got cut from way more teams than I ever made in my life. Right. Well, I, honestly, man, it, it's funny. Um, my daughter said this to me yesterday and it was so wise. I was like, holy crap, where did you learn this? Um, I don't know where she learned it, but I, I, have to, I have to go ask her later. She said, she said, don't, she said, don't stick with people. Don't let people stick with you and you're succeeding if they're not willing to stick with you and you're suffering. Ooh. And I was like, holy cow. Like, you know, because everyone, yeah, How when you're she? succeeding, she's 11, right? <laughs> She's 11 years old. That's my daughter. And, and yeah. she's my daughter. So I'll take credit for that. I, I probably told her that. And she's, I'm just kidding. I didn't say that to her. Um, 
but she said that she, and it's true. Like we, we, we live on Instagram and we think we get, we compare our life with a highlight reel. Um, and, uh, and I'll tell you a story about a player. This is not a goalie. Is that okay? If I tell it, not yeah, it's perfectly fine. Absolutely. I think any goalie can relate to this though. I have a player, um, who's a good friend. Uh, uh, his name is Thomas Hickey. Um, and he plays with the New York Islanders. He's, he would be their seventh defenseman right now. He, he got injured. He had a, uh, very established career in the NHL, got Excellent. a concussion. Um, uh, and the guy who got called up was Devon Taves, uh, who now is a very well-known defenseman. Uh, you, and you essentially the irony of that. I, I played with Devon Taves and I went to RBC cup with him, him and I together. Oh, that's hilarious. The irony. That's hilarious. Right. <laughs> well, there you go. Small world, this hockey world. Small right? world eh? um, so Thomas, Thomas is, you know, established defenseman in the NHL. Devon comes up. And plays really well, seizes his opportunity, preparation and opportunity meet. He wasn't lucky. That's what that luck was, right? And you play with right. him, so you probably know how much work he's yeah. put in, and and as you did yourself too. And and so Devon comes in, and essentially Thomas is out and um, uh, and recovered. And then he he was sent to the minors because of the contract situation in New York, and played there a while. Got injured again, and he went yeah. for over seven hundred days without playing. An NHL regular season game. Wow! Um, and you can imagine the mental toll that that can take on a player. Um, and uh, and Thomas, um, I've known Thomas very very well. Thomas also went through a very deep personal loss. His brother passed away at the beginning of COVID uh, mm -hmm. of a brain tumor, and and Dan actually was his name. And Dan was a very good friend of mine as well. And um, uh, Thomas Shout had been dealing Dan. with a lot of this stuff in his life. Uh, yeah. Very challenging situation. That's actually all in the media. You can go watch. Um, Thomas got his opportunity to play uh, uh, a couple months back uh, when um, there was some COVID issues with the team and uh, steps into that game. And it's like he didn't miss a game. It was yeah. incredible, his performance. And how? And, uh, <laughs> how what? How, 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 how is it like he didn't even miss a game? Like what was he doing or what were you guys working on during that time? Or if you feel comfortable disclosing – yeah, uh, or whatever. But you know, I'm sure it'd be a, a good story for people in terms of resilience and adversity, and, and obviously these yeah. are common topics that come up. But you know, and, and so in almost every single conversation we've had on the podcast, it's like those things are non-negotiable if you're trying to make it to the next level. But in terms yeah. of his story, what were some things that he implemented to, to help him make it through that? Yeah. So so Tom and 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 uh, I'll share what I can share. He yeah, of course. He, um, of course. He was, he was, uh, so Thomas has always been a very disciplined guy, obviously achieving the highest level of the game and, and playing sure. well, and was a very high taught at draft pick as well and played at junior world and won a gold as well. So he's had a pedigree of success. Um, Thomas was determined. I'll, I'll keep it this simple. Thomas was determined that even if he wasn't playing games and wasn't in the lineup, that he was still going to get better. Mm. He was still going to improve. He was still going to, uh, increase his own performances, develop more skill, yeah. Uh, and not, I think what a lot of us do as people, when the opportunities turn the direction we don't want, or the circumstances turn the direction that we don't want, we, we often convince ourselves we don't have a choice right. of what we're going to do next, um, versus really deciding, okay, I've been handed this. What are the options here? What can I really do with this? And that's something that I, we've spent uh, Thomas and I, but myself with lots of the other players, depending on their stages of career, where they're at. Um, just exploring and not judging, not going, Oh, this is a good path. This is a bad path. Oh, if you're not, if you're not resilient, you're, you know, you're a piece of garbage. It's no, it's, <laughs> Hey, let's, 
let's let's go okay like what what are the options here and what do you truly want what do you want your vision to be right and when people talk about this season in your life this is one of my favorite questions when you talk about covid or when you talk about 2022 or 2025 what story do you want to tell right when you talk about the time you know you got cut from that team what story do you want to tell and it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to happen but it sure as heck will happen a lot more conveniently um, and a lot more effectively if you're willing to even entertain that possibility. Right. Um, right. And and so I think a lot of us don't do that. Um, and, and and so one of the reasons if you're if you're like a young player listening to this right now and something that has happened uh, to you over the last season or maybe you got you got some bad news about your team or or whatnot or family. A lot of the time we think, well, there's nothing I can do about it. Not realizing that, no, you're writing a story right now with your decisions and your behaviors. What story do you want to write? And sitting down and writing that story, actually sitting down and writing the story. And I was with Thomas when he was in that position where he didn't know if he was ever going to play another NHL game again. We we had no idea what was going to happen. And I asked him that question, what story do you want to write? It's like, did I come back and I play a game and I put on a show? And I do it for my brother's memory. And you can go mm-hmm. watch the, the press conference from the April game, that the first game he played. He got two assists in that game. He's not known as a points guy. He's a defenseman. Right. Um, but he, he came out on fire. It was unbelievable. And to watch wow. the press conference and him talk about and reflect on that. He, he literally lived the story he, he said he was going to. Uh, and that's if you listen, if you listen to uh, great athletes talk about their performances, you'll notice how many of them actually declare it or talk about it or say it before it happens. Um, uh, and they might just say it to themselves privately or in another space, but that's often, uh, again, we're the product of the conversations we're having. What is yeah. the conversation you're having about this adversity? It's, so that's a simple way to think about almost that mental resiliency side. Yeah. So, you know, you're, you're kind of, it's almost like you're, you're referring to this idea of self-belief. How do we create self-belief? And it's through like a vision. Is that kind of what you're referring to? Maybe you can dive into that a little more, how those connect. Yeah. I, so we use a tool uh, in our work um, where we talk about the difference between uh, a vision and belief and, and visions. Every, lots of people have visions. Lots of people have fantasies, actually. They're not really visions. You know the difference sure. between a fantasy and a vision? Uh, because a fantasy is somebody n- people don't have a plan for. Like if, if somebody goes, hey, I'm going to be, a, I'm gonna be a, you know, an NHL player. I'm going to go to Disneyland tomorrow or I'm going to you know, make a million dollars. And then you ask them, like, how is that going to happen? And they're like, well, I don't know. Like they, yeah. they don't have a plan. So that's a fantasy. A vision is a picture of the future and, and very much like a, a vision is vision. So it's like, can you see it? Is it crisp? Is it clear? What's the picture? Okay. Now you have got the picture. The next question that we ask guys a lot of the time is who would you need to be to achieve it? Mm. Who would you need to be to achieve it? And that person may not be who you are right now. So you might say, well, I need to be determined. I might need to be positive. I might need to be aggressive. I'm, you know, I need to be disciplined. And then we go, well, who are you right now? Well, I'm lazy and I eat donuts every day. And like Pop-Tarts are my favorite food group, right? Like there's, right? And so those, but those are all rooted, all those behaviors and feelings and experiences are ultimately rooted in your beliefs around yourself and the world. Mm. And so the belief component of the conversation comes into play when we start going, okay, well, who would you need to be? And then what would that guy believe about himself or that girl? What would that person, how would they act and what would they do, right, out of those beliefs? And we start creating a character or a persona 
or a person that you that you begin to connect to regularly and begin to build towards. Uh, and then acknowledge, again, not resisting them, but acknowledge the beliefs that you currently have. It's like, what are the beliefs that you have? And not just pretending like those don't exist because right. you need to, you need to, you need to address that. It's hard to put, <laughs> the joke is it's hard to put, like, imagine a triathlete who gets out of the water and they don't realize they've changed stages from swimming to, to cycling and they just leave their wetsuit on and then they try to ride the bike, right? They can be like, I, I believe I'm a cyclist, but they haven't taken the wetsuit off. So they're going to overheat and die essentially on the bike, right? And so that's the process of, okay, there are beliefs that you, that you, you know, you probably need to become a successful, more successful in this next season. But what does it mean to take off the wetsuit that the previous version of yourself of the previous beliefs? Mm. And there's a whole, there's a, there's lots, and I'm sure you've, you've already talked about this on this podcast too. There's lots of different ways you can do that. Lots of different mechanisms. Uh, there's a particular way we do it. Um, yeah. uh, uh, but it. yeah, there's, and it really depends on the athlete, but at, at, at some level, a lot of the beliefs that we have, and this is where we we would often sometimes refer people depending on their background. Some guys have gone through, and kids and, and girls have gone through a lot of trauma. If you have a lot of trauma right. in the back end of your life, you probably yeah. want to go see a therapist, like a clinical psychologist, and dialogue for about sure. some of that stuff, reaching out for help. But a lot of a lot of what we do is spending time acknowledging what's there, and then deciding, okay, what are we going to do with it? And that plan deviates depending on the person and what those mm. things are. But right. quite simply, it has to do with actually capturing them, noticing them, and then noticing how our language reveals kind of what stage we're living in. Right? Yeah. Are you living in the past? Are you living in the present? Are you living in the future? You can hear that by the way people talk uh, all the time. You can, for sure. Yeah. That's a good... Uh, by the words they choose. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, maybe we can kind of... Obviously, we've you know been generalizing a little bit um and uh, you know, it's talking about some stories. And, and But maybe I kind of want to dive into you know, uh, as much as you feel comfortable sharing is sort of like your, your guy's system, you know what I mean? So maybe you can dive into your personal mental performance, uh, coaching philosophy. Um, you know, maybe you can just detail to everyone your, your meta performance system briefly and, yeah. uh, you know, three or four main pillars you think are significant, uh, that, yeah. that'll have a significant impact on athletes performance. Yeah. And you can get a really good sense of our philosophical approach or our structure. Um, if you go to novastobel.com, or sorry, yeah. not Novus Global. It's Novus.global. That's it. There's no.com. Just Novus.global. I'm talking so fast, I forgot that. So Novus.global. <laughs> There's a lot of articles on there. They're mostly geared for the corporate space, but the mindset and the tools that are there, we just import into the sports space and we're working on some right. sport resources. Um, there's also a podcast out right now. We just launched it last week with tons of different guests, a, a number of different athletes, including several Stanley Cup champions. You can go listen to them talk about this stuff too. Um, but uh, back to your original question. In terms of – so let's start with meta performance. So yeah. performance in general is, is broken down into usually three levels. So you've got low performers, you've got performers, and you've got high performers. Most people, if you ask them – are you a low performer, a, a performer, a high performer? What do you think most people say they are, Mike? High performer. Yes, 100%. <laughs> Everyone's like, whenever we ask a, like a company or team, like, oh, tell me about your team. They're like, well, we're a high performing team, right? It's like, it's like, it's almost like it's, it's a regurgitation. Like it's yeah. just, it just kind of comes out or now, spontaneous. Right? Exactly. We're a high performing. So what, one of the things that we began exploring, and this had to do with a, um, a lot of this conversation actually came out with a huge tech company, very well known. Uh, tech company in Silicon Valley. And 
um, we began to realize there were kind of some key questions that people in each of those layers ask that drive their performance. Mm. Low performers ask this question. Uh, um, what is the, the minimum amount of work I can do and not get fired? Right. <laughs> so translate that to a, a player on a team. What is the least amount I can do in training? What is the least amount? What can I get away with? Right. What can I get away with? What's the least amount of effort I have to put into this drill so I don't get yelled at by the coach or cut by the cut cut, cut from the team? As an example, that's a right. that's a low performing filter. Um, and I, I want to ask everybody who's listening right now: it's not a question if if you're a low performer; it's where you are. There's somewhere in your life right now you, that you are low performing, and it doesn't mean right. you're bad. It doesn't mean there's a problem. Just acknowledge it. Let's just look it up. The next level up is performing. These are people who ask the question when they approach a task. How do I do a good job? How do I do And that's great. That's a great question. How do I do a good job? How do I, how do I do a good job for this game? How do I do a good job in this game? How do I do a good job in the team? Right? It's kind of, I'm going to perform. I'm going to be part of the group. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to rustle too many feathers um, or ruffle too many feathers. And then the next question up, high performers ask this question. How do I be the best? Now, Mike, can we, can we talk about this a little bit? Of course. So I'm going to ask you some questions. What do you think might be the downfall of someone who's living out of the question, how do I be the best? What, what predictable problems might occur if that's where they're living? How do I be the best? Maybe word that a little bit differently. Sorry. I'm not understanding so if, the question. If, no, that's fine. So if somebody, let's say, let's say I'm a player on a team. And what motivates me is being the best. I want to be better okay. than everybody else. How might that get in my way of my own performance? Oh, when you aren't the best in a certain, any certain yeah. day. Yeah. What happens? Uh, you start to doubt yourself and uh, question your self-belief uh, and your, that vision that you originally had, you question it on a day yeah. that you're not the best. Yeah, totally. So that's, that's, a great first, that's a great first example. Here's some other ones. People who want to be the best are threatened by other people who are talented. So you're on a team and suddenly a new guy comes in, a rookie comes in and he's good. All of a sudden you see an adversary. Right. And you start protecting your turf, right? <laughs> right. That's one thing. Um, have you ever tried to give somebody who thinks they're the best feedback about their game? Oh, yeah. Uh, very, um, very hard. Uh, they don't accept it very well. Uh, yeah, why? That's for sure. Um. Cause I think uh, why, why, uh, they think they're, they're better than you or they're above what you're telling them. It threatens their identity. Right. One of the things I got, one of the things we got the Swift current Broncos to do uh, in 2018 was we got rookies to give feedback to the veterans. <laughs> they probably hated that. Eh? <laughs> it was so, no, it was so much fun. I oh, remember it because oh we broke them. We broke. Oh, it was super uncomfortable. It was like was it was say. it was clunky, but it was great. It was we had Tyler Steenbergen who had just scored like the Canada's golden goal that year yeah. for the Junior Worlds in the room, talking to a guy who was a rookie, and he was telling Tyler what he thought he could do better in his game. And how and he responded. The, the well, and, and, and normally what happens? Tyler responded great because Tyler is great, right? Um, <laughs> but. But, and, and, and actually I was sitting in their group, so I know he, I know he responded really well. Yeah. Um, the, the purpose, and this is, the, and, and actually we did this exercise after we taught what I'm talking about right now is that people with a high, who want to be the best, there's nothing wrong with wanting to be the best, but
but it actually per, can actually prevent the very thing you want to achieve. And if you're committed to being the best and that becomes your identity, then anytime somebody comes to talk to you about how you could improve becomes a threat to you. Now, I've worked with some of the best players in the NHL, and I'll tell you right now, those guys aren't like that. Right. Those guys, if you come up and that, that's that next level, and we're going to talk about that in a second. But a high performer where their identity is wrapped up in being the best, they get threatened by feedback because it threatens their identity. And that's a problem on lots of teams. And if you, if you, and I'm sure you can think of a player right now on your team who does that, right? And if you can't, you're probably that player. You're probably the player who's doing that, right? Right? You're like, oh, I don't, I, nobody does Wake that. It's probably you because everybody here, everybody's terrified, right? So the point is, is wanting to be the best can actually get in the way of yeah. performance Absolutely. and improvement. So, uh, and, and not that everyone struggles with this. They're just, they're, there are many of us do. And I, I'm, I'm a self-confessed high performer um, where any chink in the armor, oh, I'm not doing that right, became actually a whipping tool for myself because I didn't know how to relate to growth in a, mm. in a very, very positive way. We're in our culture and kind of the way we're raised. We're not necessarily steeped in these ideas. So we right. tend to get defensive. So with the Swift Current Broncos, it was a lot of fun because we talked about this. And they said, now this is what you're going to do. You're going to go give feedback to guys, to each other. And it's going to be super uncomfortable. And we, we went through some ground rules on how to do that well. Uh, and what was beautiful about it was you had rookies saying things to veterans. And what the veterans were, were doing was interesting because a lot of them were like, man, he, that guy's right. He's right. There is something wow. that I need to grow in. And he, he totally yeah. saw it. Right. Yeah. And it doesn't strike me as odd that that team that was kind of, there was a bunch of trades that happened to get those guys together, that that team went on and won after those moments because they went through some crazy things together in that period of time. Um, that being one of those things where when you can get people realizing, oh, I'm in a high performance mindset right now. I'm actually resisting feedback. I'm resisting growth <laughs> because I don't want I don't want to admit I've got an issue right. or you know, some rookie doesn't have anything to teach me. That is, that is complete horse crap. Like there yeah. are tons yeah. of data points in your team right now. If you're playing on a team that could help you get better. doesn't mean they're always right, but a right. willingness to be curious. I talked about that wondering, yeah. right? Wondering like, Hey, Mike, what do you think of, what do you think of the podcast so far, man? I don't know. I think I'm doing a great job, but you might be like, God, man, this guy's not good. Right? Like, and, and <laughs> only, only through, only through that conversation of me wondering, and you right. being brave enough to, to, to share that with me is how I get better. But people right. in high performance mindsets don't do that. They're threatened mm. by it. They're like, oh, I'm the, I'm the, you know, I'm the, I'm God's gift to this team. It's a very right. dangerous thing to think. And I see NHL all-stars doing this and it gets, mm -hmm. and they could be better players. They yeah. could be better players. Sure. And, and part of our job as coaches with Novus is to hold that space for every athlete we meet. It's like, we're, we're not going to, we're going to point out when you're operating in a high performance mindset um, mm. because that's dangerous to your growth. So that's that next level up. And that's the meta performing mindset. That's the yeah. ultimate in our minds and meta meaning metamorphosis transformation. Yeah. Um, Dwayne Johnson is a great example of this. Most people know who the rock is, right? Dwayne Johnson, For the sure. actor. Well, before, do you know what he did before he was an actor and before he was a wrestler and before he, Oh, actually, you know? no, I was going to say he was a wrestler. I didn't know what he did before that. No, was it, wasn't he a weightlifter he, or something? He got cut from the Calgary Stampeders. Oh, yeah. He was a football player. Right. He played football. 
Yeah. And not only he, he couldn't even make the Canadian Football League. Like, just think about that for a second. <laughs> he got cut from the Calgary Stampeders. When you think of like guys who get cut from the Calgary Stampeders, you don't think multi-millionaire blockbusting actors who you know have their own brand and TV shows and yeah. own teams. But what Dwayne Johnson did, and we talk about this, he reinvented himself over and over and over. And you see this with guys in, in hockey too, guys who get an injury or guys who, you know, they're, they're getting older and their career requires them to reinvent themselves. And either they stop playing and they leave or they change their game in a completely unique way. And the guys who are able to metamorphosize, transform themselves, and this is what our work is all about. How do you begin to continuously do that? Like Dwayne Johnson, he'll probably be the president one day. Like, think about it. Like he's, <laughs> you know, like he, That'd be unreal. he went like, yeah, he's, he's got a, you know, he's, he's, what do you smell what the rock is cooking was like the biggest line of, of the nineties. Yeah, right. Yeah. And now, and then he's in ballers <laughs> and he's got this. Yeah. It's hilarious. Like think about yeah. who he is now and who he was 15, 20 years ago. That's an example of meta performance. Wow, and meta that's performers, a good example. Yeah. Meta performers are addicted to this question. And wow. I'll tell you right now, I know enough superstar players in the NHL to know that these guys are also obsessed with this question. It's one of the reasons why they're so good. They don't ask, how can I be the best? That might be a subtle question underneath, Afraid, but really sure. what they're interested in is what am I capable of? Mm. That's the question. What am I capable of? Notice it has nothing to do with anyone else. How good could I get? How could I be? How could I grow? An obsession with that question leads people to try things, to be curious, to be open to feedback, to, to take whatever they can get. Actually, I experienced you this way, Mike, in, in terms of like listening to some of your podcasts. You're like a sponge, man. You just want to learn. Like you learn from anyone, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyone, <laughs> right? It's like, I, hey, I, like, I would say some... that, you know, you're you're talking about the the meta, you know, that is, I, I, I've lived that my whole life. And, you know, I, I, you're just always chasing the, the best version of yourself rather than comparing yourself to other people. It's like, you know, I always, I have this example just to relate it a bit to hockey is like, you know, I wasn't mad at myself at 18 that I wasn't in the NHL, like Carey Price, you know what I mean? We all have, we all have a different road. Yeah. And while everybody was busy comparing themselves to, to everybody else, I was just focused on being the best version of me focusing yeah. on being ready for my opportunity when it came. And, you know, lo and behold, I outlasted a lot of guys just because I was just so, I was so passionate about the process and the growth that I could get to. Like, how good could I get? Could I get to a 94 save percentage? How could I get to a 95? How could I get to a 96? And, yeah. you know, that really helped me, you know, really become a champion and, and reach championship status because that curiosity is, it never really ends. Even when you get to the NHL level, you, you know, you talk about those guys too, right? They're just constantly like, what's the next level? What's the next level? How far can I push it? And uh, nowadays I do it in so many different ways. I'm reading books and yeah. I'm like, I'm like, how, yeah. how, how quickly can I grow myself? Um, and it, and it's, uh, it, it gives you confidence for one, you, 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 but it's, you know, you have to be comfortable with your own identity and your own skin a bit. But uh, sorry, I cut you off a little bit. Go ahead. No, no, that's oh, I love listening to you talk about that because it, it it's how I've experienced you and just listening to the <laughs> podcast before. But also like I and I knew we would enjoy the conversation because of that, like our our work and our company, that, that makes us a little unique. It's, you know, Absolutely. we're not just about we're not just about hacking the mind and, and creating incredible performances. We want to, we want people to live lives that are transformational, that 
that are, and not just in hockey. What, what's really mm-hmm. important to me is it's just important is that the family of the players that we work with, their kids, you know, their legacy, their life after hockey, all of it is something that is continuously being transformed into something incredible. Right. And and having that meta performing mindset, what am I capable of? That question is a creative question. Mm-hmm. It's uh, you don't lose in that question. You lose in the I want to be the best because the moment you achieve it, well, I guess there's only one way to go. The moment you know the moment, <laughs> right? But and you'll notice like guys, guys who guys who are addicted to growing their games um, uh, solely to win a championship. And I won't I won't say any names, but I've been on calls with guys who have won multiple Stanley Cups who are miserable. Yeah, they've won. They were happy in the moment they won it, but afterwards they they weren't doing it. They were doing it in a high performance mindset. They weren't doing it in a meta performance mindset. They weren't doing right. it in exploring what they're capable of. Because once you achieve it, if it's all about the achievement, well, then what do you have left to do? And right. and, and some some guys just kind of go from achievement to achievement, miserable the entire time, not even sure why they are. Um, and so that's a much deeper conversation. Uh, we don't have time to get into that, but that's part <laughs> of this 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 work that we do. That's a little unique in this space. So we got that mental performance side the tools, the tricks, a lot of things that you've heard already. But we couple that with this deep, um, uh, almost uh, sake, I would call it a sacred conversation about what, like, what is our life going to be about and what questions, Mm. ultimately the questions that we ask determine the life that we create. And it doesn't shock me like that, like even talking to you about some, just before the show about some of the things you're doing away from the podcast and the brand and the other things you're interested in. Mm -hmm. It doesn't shock me that you're successful in that stuff. (laughs) <laughs> because you you embody this like I want to learn I want to grow I don't care who it's from I'm gonna I'm gonna take whatever season I'm in and learn from that opportunity and grow yeah, from absolutely. it and that's that's the muscle that we cultivate in the minds of our athletes and then the minds of the the people we work with uh, well yeah. beyond the sports world too yeah no I mean uh, man incredible conversation so far you know um, just because it's it's truly like out of all the mental performance coaches, you know, and, uh, that we've had on, and I know that you're a meta performance coach and I truly understand the. it was almost like I couldn't even articulate it inside of myself until you just said yeah. it my whole life It's 28 years. You just summed up 28 years of my life. Pretty much. I didn't, I didn't even know what it meant. Meta performance. <laughs> I absolutely love that, yeah. man. But I guess, I guess for everybody at home, you know, how can they start to embrace more of a mentality like that? Like what's some actionable advice that you can give them then they can start gravitating or start working on that mindset. Yeah, man. I love, I love to get, get, get down to details. Uh, it's something <laughs> practical. Um, yeah, no, I like impractical conversations sometimes too. So it's good to get practical. I, I think, sure. I think, uh, I, you know, I feel it. Um, I think if you're, if you're sitting at home right now, listening to the podcast and you're going, well, I want to embrace like meta performance. I think actually one of the first things you can do is begin to categorize, like, Put, get a piece of paper out, write down low performing, performing, high performing, meta performing, draw some categories, and then just identify where you think you're at in different areas of your game. Mm-hmm. Like, where am I low performing? Where am I, where am I just performing? Where am I high performing? I want to be the best. I want to be the best. And then start, because most people aren't used to a meta performing conversation. By the way, sure. we say this in our work all the time. It's very hard to do surgery on yourself. There was a guy in Antarctica who tried to take out his own appendix. He was successful, but he was a surgeon already. So I wouldn't recommend it. Right. He said it was like the hardest thing that he ever did. Um, you can go look that up on YouTube. It's a crazy story. I'm gonna um, have to. <laughs> oh, dude, it's nuts. I think it's happened twice. I think there's like two recorded cases of people. And they were both surgeons who did surgery on themselves. Yeah. But but these conversations, meta performing conversations, mental performance conversations, um, 
um, they are not, it's like doing surgery and it's very hard to do it on yourself. Every coach in our firm, in our company has a coach. So we don't just coach people. We practice what we preach because there's a lot of coaches out there. If you ask them, like, who's coaching you? They'll, they, they'll say no one. And that's kind of like a doctor doesn't go to the doctor. It's kind of ironic, right. right? It's like, who's working on, who's helping you work on your mindset? So all of our coaches, myself included, um, I'm coached by some of the best coaches in the world for a reason, because I, I want to be continuously growing and right. our company and our coaches want to be getting better all the time, just like we're asking our clients to. There's no way we're going to ask you to do something we're not going to do. So with the exception of actually playing hockey, because, you know, I can't stick handle to save my life. But I probably <laughs> could, you know, I could probably do a mean two pad stack. I don't know. I'll see if that. Oh, you, you'd be flying. Do they still there. do that? Are you kidding me? You'd be is flying. That still a, is that still a. <laughs> well, they, they, uh, they, 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 they've changed it now. They do the, they do a butter stack. So they, they, they do the butter like a, stack. They do a slide and then they'll open up and, and do a two up? pad stack while they're sliding. I've seen. I've seen Carrie Price do that. I've definitely seen her do that. <laughs> yeah, so a bunch yeah, of guys have that's been true. doing it. It's funny, right? Butterfly style. It's kind of bringing that old school to the new school. Yeah, like man. So, it's, it's... But yeah, get a piece of... <laughs> that's funny, man. Get a piece of paper and start to identify, okay, which category are you living in and what spaces in your game or your life? And then um, uh, get somebody with you. It doesn't even have to be a trained coach. But somebody with you who actually cares about you, who, mm -hmm. who actually cares about you and ask them, hey, like, what do you think I'm capable of? And start a conversation about it in that area. Maybe it's in your maybe it's with a coach around a particular style of play or a particular. Like, hey, how's your post play? Well, it's kind of low performing. I kind of doing the bare minimum. Well, what, what, what could I be capable of here? Right. And start entertaining that conversation out of that conversation will usually flow actions. Well, flow like some commitments you're going to make. In our work, we actually have a very robust way of, of recording commitments and we use a whole program so you can like see change over time and growth yeah. and what commitment to what. But at a real simple level, it's about establishing that conversation. Like let's explore what I'm capable of, but let's also get really connected to what current reality is. Where am I currently? Because if you don't know where you are, you can't get anywhere. It's like I could say, hey, we're going to go to Vancouver if you go, hey, I want to go to Vancouver, uh, tell me how to get there. And I go, well, where are you? And you're like, well, I don't know. I can't tell you how to get there. <laughs> right. Right. You need, the, you need the point of origin. And right. too many of us don't like to get clear about where we are. Oh, right. you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I got a lot of guys go, I want to make the NHL. Where are you right now? I'm in the WHL. I'm on the fourth line. And I don't have an agent. And the likelihood of me getting drafted is zero. It's like, great. Let's embrace that. That's where you are. <laughs> and then we can get a really clear excuse me, a clear conversation right. about how, if it were possible, how would it, it would happen. Yeah. So those two pieces become really important. That's, yeah. that, that's, there's lots of other things you guys could do out there, but I would start there. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, that's, uh, it's funny that, that you kind of say that I, I have that conversation with my, my mentorship students kind of when we start, I say, Hey, you know, the more honest you are with me about where we're at right yeah. now, the, the quicker we can get to where you want to go because we'll know the kind of steps that you need to take to get there. Right. And, yeah. um, you know, it, it's, uh, because I'm not, I'm not scout, right? Like I'm, I'm here to help these guys out and it kind of just relates to, to exactly what you're saying, man. But, um, you know, maybe we can sort of dive into finally, you know, just, um, a few topics recently that maybe you've uncovered or, or, you know, uh, learned about, you know, you say you're ongoing and learning and you have some amazing coaches for yourself. Right. 
Um, but just a few topics that kind of strike your interest in, in particular that maybe you'd like to share with everyone that, you know, uh, some mental performance coaches probably haven't mentioned on the show. And you've mentioned a ton of stuff that they already haven't. Um, but I know that you're, you're constantly reading and, and learning and from these guys. And maybe you can just give everybody a little inside scoop into, uh, you know, what the future looks like in, in terms of mental performance or something that people really aren't looking at right now that they should be. Yeah, that's, man, that's a big question. Um, <laughs> what we're learning about the brain is so dynamic and changing. Like, it's funny, um, the stuff that we learned about how the brain functioned even 10 years ago, and you'll hear it from guys still. Like they'll be Anytime you hear somebody talk about neuroscience who doesn't really have a background in neuroscience, be a little skeptical of what they're saying. Um, <laughs> uh, and go, go, to, go to some like, you know, peer-reviewed published papers. But um, yeah. I do think... The degree to which neuroscience and knowledge of the brain is changing is so dynamic that in the future, I think we'll be able to even more accurately measure um, uh, impact, efficacy of, of beliefs. Like where does that actually happen in the brain? Mm. Um, the way our brains, in, in, in terms of how we process data, it used to be thought that there were two, maybe you've heard this, like there, there's like a monkey brain and there's a, a um, uh, like a professor brain. There's a book called Calm, it's got a curse word in the title, Calm the F Down. It's uh, it's a book for triathletes, actually, written by a world champion triathlete and wow. her husband who was a neuroscientist. Really fascinating book. It's about yeah. uh, seven or eight years old, but it talks about the monkey brain, the lizard brain, and the the, the, the cerebral cortex, the top part of the brain, um, and these two brains. And what, what's interesting is more recent research is revealing that that, that dichotomy of the, the lizard brain versus the professor brain and one controls it. And then if you get threatened, the other one controls it is somewhat true, but actually far less true than we thought. <laughs> so, really? so that's, so yeah. And, and, and that's where, you know, keeping up on the most recent reading and literature, not that anyone on this podcast is going to go read neuroscience, but um, <laughs> one of the things, one of the things that I think is important to do is, is to make sure that you're, you're working with uh, somebody. If you're working with a mental performance person, uh, working with somebody that you can tell is learning as they're doing it, uh, mm. which might sound kind of counterintuitive. You might want to work with somebody who like, they know everything. They just have an answer for everything. One of the best signs that you're working with somebody who's committed to growth is they will admit that they don't know something. And if mm. you, if, if your mental performance person has an answer for every question, um, not a question for every question or a deeper question, they're, they're probably, there's probably some missing value there. So that's one right. thing. Um, yeah. And I'm wrestling with that too. Cause I, I came out of a health science background. I studied neuroscience, not in, de in, in great detail, but in enough detail at a university level to take yeah, some classes yeah. on it. Um, and, and even now, like it's fascinating how my textbooks are out of date and there's some things in it that are totally still taught, but are, we're just scratching the surface in terms of how the brain, um, how yeah. the brain works. So one of the things that I would, I would do, we say this in our work a lot, don't, don't trust your intuition, test it. Don't trust it. Intuition's great, but test it. So if you think something's going to work, if you think something's true, go test it. And I'm, I'm, when it comes to our work, um, we're not theorists. We're not researchers. We're not in the lab. We're not collecting data for, for papers. We're more interested in pragmatism. What works? And what's great about sports is, you know, you can have a conversation. I had a conversation with a player um, before uh, he's in the Stanley Cup playoffs right now, playing with a team that recently won. Um, and he, we had a conversation 
And we got to see if that conversation helped him or not because he went and played that night, right? <laughs> right? And we get to look at his stats and his minutes and we can reevaluate. Right. So part, part of the process is, is um, uh, we have a very high value for results in our company. Um, uh, like, is it working? And how do we know if it's working? What are the pragmatic steps to that is working? I think that that is the, is the future of a lot of this work. Um, uh, and that's one of the reasons why we're spending a lot of time really paying attention to those conversations with our clients yeah. and with our athletes rather than, Hey, here's a tip. Oh, you didn't. And obviously it takes practice and growth takes, takes time and that sort of thing. Yeah. But we really want to dial in like, what are we working on and what's moving forward? So the neuroscience, yeah. I think is going to evolve quite a bit over time. We're going to understand a lot more in the, in the future, which that's like me saying nothing though. Cause of course we're going to do that. Um, but at the same time, I do think, I do think um, you're going to see a lot more mental performance conversations everywhere because uh, in our executive coaching spaces, we work with all, a lot of uh, executives of huge companies and managing directors and yeah. insert the, C, the C-suite uh, executive here. And they've been doing this type of work for decades. Executive right. coaching is not new. It's just more common now to the, to the mainstream. It was more of a kind of a hidden secret that most people weren't even aware was a thing right. until shows like Billions came on the scene and you suddenly have a coach in a company. Where did right. that come from? It's been around a long while. So yeah. I think you're going to see more of it become more mainstream. Yeah. And I think um, what I'm really excited about in this generation of players and, and young, young athletes is they're far more open to talking about uh, things that they're experiencing right. and thinking. For sure. And that will unlock their performance if they want to have conversations about getting better while they're having conversations about what's happening for them. A lot of young athletes want to have conversations about what's happening for them, but they may not necessarily want to talk about how that could make them better. And that's two very mm. different distinctions. So yeah. um, I don't have a crystal ball, but I do think uh, these conversations and there's going to be a lot more mental performance companies. There's going to be a lot more guys doing this type of work. Uh, and that's my hope right. is that they're as addicted to results as we are, because I want to see this type of work transform every industry and in sports right. particularly. So do you, and you know what, um, are you the guys who are, have you guys coined this yourself, meta performance? Yeah, that's a trademarked word, um, uh, that we, that we created this would have been like six years ago, five, yeah. six, well, it's been like, we've been, we've been trying to find a way to say these concepts yeah, in a portable amazing, way uh, and we couldn't, we way. couldn't find a word for it. So literally Jason, our CEO invented a word. And it's, you know, meta, metamorphosis, yeah, pretty basic, yeah. not, and then performance. So yeah, that's, that's our thing. Yeah. yeah. Do, you, do you see maybe people adopting this, this style of uh, mental performance coaching? I think so. I, I think really people will adopt what works. Um, Absolutely. The, the, over time. The truth, uh, and, what do they um, say? The, the truth, the truth always eventually comes out. Right. You know, and even yeah, in, it in, finds in the its way too, you know? Totally. Like you can only, you can be on a really good team for a while and people think you're hot. And then, uh, and then all of a sudden you get, you get traded or you're with another team and Oh, all my deficiencies are on display. Right. (laughs) So yeah. Yeah. I, I think our hope is that absolutely. Like, and we're, we're just trying to change our little small part of the universe as much as possible. I we've, we've had some, um, really unique opportunities and I, I, I didn't say this much yet. Um, we work extensively in, in collegiate sports. Uh, we have contacts in NCAA basketball, uh, MLB, uh, the NFL, uh, MLS. Um, we work with some uh, some team Team USA, actually, some of their yeah. national team players. So um, 
we, when we do see attraction with this type of work and it, I, I really, I think what we're doing is standing on the shoulders of a lot of incredible consultants and mental performance and psychologists, uh, sport performance psychologists of the past and building yeah. on what has already gone before us Absolutely. while really being curious about what's going to come down in the future. Cause yeah. at some level, you know, you don't know, but we want to do the same thing that our players are doing. We want to do, uh, we want to be committed to preparation. So that when the opportunity meets, we just seem really lucky to everybody else, but we, we were ready for it. That's, that's essentially Absolutely. what we're up to. So. Well, maybe we can, uh, you know, if you don't mind and, uh, you know, it, cause I, we've been, you know, the conversation is just amazing. Cause I, I feel like, you know, you've articulated a concept that one, we haven't, we haven't even, you know, scratched the surface on at all with, with anybody else. But I, I honestly personally just really resonate with it. I'm really glad that we got to connect, but maybe to wrap it up, you can just give everybody, you know, and I know that you're secretive about, you know, your material <laughs> because it's very effective, but if you don't mind sharing maybe like one or two hacks, you know, I, that yeah. either yeah, on yeah. the field or off the field that, you know, when you share with athletes, it helps them find success relatively quickly. Yeah. So, um, and this might be a, uh, what would the word be? This is like a, a buildup that might not pay off in the way you want. Um, it's okay. So one, <laughs> one of the things that, and you probably have heard this from other guys, but I think it's really important. If you do yeah. not have a mental warm up. Uh, a routine to warm your mind, to prepare your mind for the activity you're about to do. That's the, that's like 101. And, and nobody's really I discussed would highly... that. So maybe you can oh, dive really? into it a little bit briefly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm just yeah. assuming that's already been talked about. So, <laughs> um, uh, so I, I think, I think um, maybe the easiest way to think about this is in terms of a diet. Like just like you consume food and calories to, to go play your sport, what thoughts, what, what do you spend your mind doing uh, what do you feed your mind before you're about to perform? That's a great question. Right. Uh, most guys feed their mind with anxiety, hope, fear. Like you just pick your poison, whatever it right. is, right? What would it look like? And there's a reason why the best players in the world, they have routines, right? Yeah. So the question is, is how does your physical routine, and this is something I talk about with lots of NHL guys um, and, and soccer players and the like, yeah. um, is how does your routine, how does your, what is your mental routine? What are you doing? It could be anything from a meditative practice to a breathing practice. I like to spend, I actually create, um, uh, we do video visualizations and grounding. So we get players to actually use their imaginations for them than against them. Cause usually guys are sitting there imagining what could go wrong. Right. right. It's like, well, what if we change that muscle and point it in another direction? Right. So whatever it is, each guy's different. It's not prescriptive. Um, it's more descriptive. And so what we, what we do is, and what I would recommend you guys do is, is write out like, okay, here's my physical warm up, but mentally, how do I want to be warming up? And try some things and use it in practice. Use it before you go to practice. Right. We, uh, another example, there's a great book. It's an, it's an older book. It's called The Inner Game of Tennis. Kind of oh, takes, I, it, we, uh, somebody brought that up on the show. They said it's amazing. Yeah, it's fantastic. It and, and yeah, it's a, great, it's a great book. It's a really easy read. And, and just a concept out of that book that we use with our guys too um, uh, is to, he talks about not trying, mm. like going out and not trying to do anything, just do it and see what happens. Don't make it, don't make it an effort, right? What would it look like if you had a practice where you didn't try to do something at all? And, and there's a lot more we could talk about in terms of the, the, the reason how that works and yeah. why it works. But the point is, is to have a mental plan, just like you have a physical plan. When you walk into a game or a practice, set your intention. What is my intention for this practice? 
Um, and there's another distinction that I find really helpful in that space is most people think about um, a situation in terms of getting through it. I'm going to get through this practice. I'm going to get through this game and get through this shift versus what do you want to get from it? Mm. What do you want to get from this practice? What do you want to get from this game? Right. The moment you start thinking about what you want to get from it and you write it out or you, you think about it or you focus on it, all of a sudden, all of a sudden it shifts and you begin to, rather than the situation happening to you, you begin to happen to it, right? Because you're actually giving yourself something to aim at. So right. most guys, they don't give themselves enough or either too much. They try to aim at everything or they try to aim at nothing. nothing and, no. and so that's a, that's a practice that I think would be important for you. every player listening to this. And you can do but we have CEOs who do this before meetings. It's the same sort of thing. How do you prepare yourself for the thing you're about to go into? Mm. Um, uh, that would be uh, probably a simple one. I can give another one if you want, but that, that was quite lengthy. So, well, if, 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 uh, if you feel, uh, you know, compelled, I would love to hear another yeah. one. Yeah, for sure. So mental prep, um, lots of resources online from Wim yeah. Hof to, you can go check that all stuff out. Yep. I'm sure there's got guests in the past who you've had that will have I tried to get Wim Hof on actually. Did you? Did you? Yeah, yeah. He's crazy, he, he, the manager crazy said, yeah, maybe down the road when you're a little bit bigger. So we'll revisit that conversation soon, probably. <laughs> well, you know what? Um, I actually know a breath guy who works with NHL players in Vancouver. He's in Kelowna, and he would totally talk to you. So, Oh, I would um, love to have him. His name his name is Jeff Sorensen, and his, his girlfriend oh, is a before. massage therapist. Yeah, Jeff's great. Yeah. Yeah. So I can give you his contact information yeah, and I don't know if he'll do podcasts or not, but he's a great guy. He's a great guy. So, um, yeah, he works with a couple of guys that I work with. Uh, yeah. but yeah, so, um, and breath work is another way you can tap into some different, different things in terms of performance. But, um, in terms of what our stuff, um, uh, <laughs> the other hack that I would say in terms of pure performance is in a game, um, when, when you're in play, there's going to be conversations that you're going to naturally get drawn to when you're frustrated or distracted and they distract you from performance in your mind. I think it's really totally, Oh, well, actually in your mind, outside your mind, yeah, maybe yeah, yeah. on the bench. Yeah. Okay. It's, and I, and actually, and I think that's actually important to, to point out. I don't distinguish, we don't distinguish between conversations in your own head and conversations outside your head. They're just all conversations, right? It's just, right. are you having them with yourself or are you having them with somebody else? Yeah. Right. But they're just all conversation. That's what thinking essentially is. It's just an internal conversation. Yeah. So the question that I have is, okay, what conversations create the most powerful performances in your play right now? And to have those identified, um, very short, like usually it's two or two to four key conversations that players can come back to when they start to notice that they're drifting off mm. into some other conversation. Right. So it's literally like, have you ever been in a conversation and then suddenly somebody just changed the subject? Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. And it's kind of abrupt, but it, it kind of works, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, it does. Right? <laughs> it's kind of strange. Yeah. Um, it's, it's odd how powerful that can be. Um, so for example, one player, I said, well, who are you at your best? And he said, well, when I'm at my best, you know, I feel this way. I'm like, great. You feel that way. Fantastic. What are you doing? It's like, well, I'm, I'm on the bench and I'm, I'm talking, I'm talkative. I'm joking and I'm, I'm like yelling at the ref and I'm, I'm like, and so when you're playing it, when you start to, when you start to lose your, your performance, what happens? Oh, I get quiet. I'm like, okay, great. So what if you start talking? Right. 
before you feel good, before, if you notice you get quiet, what if you commit? That's, that's again, an example of a conversation he chooses to step into or a commitment, right? And so he doesn't need to feel confident. But what's crazy about that is once you start practicing doing things that you do when you're confident, you start to feel those emotions. And so I've had guys who, you know, they're complaining. They notice they're complaining in the game. They're in that conversation. They jump into the other conversation. They're like, okay, I'm going to start. And they change their behavior. They change their behavior and their behavior actually creates better performance. That's, that's by the way, <laughs> that's nothing new. I'm sure you've heard that before. Yeah, but yeah. identifying those two or four th- behaviors that can pivot your energy, that can shift you out of it, that's a really powerful tool in terms of reset that's that's yeah. kind of 101 i have we have 501 stuff but that takes a lot longer to get into yeah 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 no no you've uh i mean you've shared an incredible amount of uh i'm sure everybody in the audience is just curious to kind of dive into uh what you've skimmed over because nobody on at least my show has really dove into to some of these these concepts surrounding around meta performance but um you know i know everybody's gonna enjoy it but do you have any last words of advice for everyone listening that you feel passionate about sharing down yeah, I, I think um, uh, for me, I just what I'm learning right now about myself because I practice what I preach um, is that uh, very rarely am I not conning myself. Right? We all do it. We all we all con ourselves. Yeah. We think, oh, you know, like this is what I'm capable of. We're not willing to explore and expand because it's uncomfortable. And so, for everyone listening out there, um, I think uh, having somebody in your corner, somebody who cares about you. Uh, for us, it's, it's coaches, and for our clients, it's us. Um, uh, and hopefully you have somebody in your life or you can go, you can go find somebody or work with a coach, um, to, to be in that corner. Uh, you'll never regret that investment. If you, if you're, if you do your due diligence and get, get a good person there. Um, because, uh, it's been, it's literally transformed my life. Uh, and I think about that speed skater who, uh, who gave up on a sport he loved. Um, and, uh, and I wonder what would have happened if, if even I could talk to me (laughs) back then, man, Uh, sure. Cause I was, I was 20 meters. It's interesting. I, I gave up cause I got depressed cause I was being dropped by 20 meters. But, um, in hindsight, when I look back, I was being dropped by number one in the world. I was 20 meters away from the top of the world. Right. And I didn't see it because of the conversation I was attached to in my head. Um, right. and, and I think so many of us go through life doing that. And so whether it's, uh, working with Novus Global Sport or it's working with, you know, any of the other excellent podcast guests you've had in, in the past. Um, I just want to encourage everyone to, 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 to reach out, to, to, to pull the trigger. Cause, um, if you don't work on your mental performance, you might eventually end up working on your mental health and that's, that's a harder path to take. Um, yeah, that's uh, a so. great point actually. Um, because when you don't, you, you have all of the anxiety and the fear and the fear of failing and the doubt and, um, it, hockey's not really fun when you're kind of living with that every day, you know what I mean? And you're kind of just pushing yourself through it because you're doing it for other people, whatever it is. Right. So you really got to totally. kind of bring it into you, focus on you. Don't, don't really compare yourself to other people. Be the best version of you. Right. So, I mean, uh, you know, Dan, thank you buddy so much for coming on. You know, obviously we haven't connected before and, I uh, don't know if we would have connected if, if, you know, Curtis hadn't suggested Oops. you, but I'm really happy he did. And uh, I'm really impressed with uh, today's conversation, your work and your company. And I know everybody's just going to be really excited to hear this one today, man. So can you just let everyone know where they can uh, get in touch with you online? Yeah, I can. And can I promote one other thing that has very little to do with me, actually? Of course. (laughs) So so in terms of getting a hold of us online, you can email me 
directly if you want. Um, we've got a team of coaches who work with athletes directly if you're interested in that. Uh, we always do conversations, consultations, just to get to know people to see if it's a good fit. It's like a two-way interview. Um, uh, my email is dan, D-A-N, at novus, N-O-V-U-S, dot global. That's it. Dan at novus.global. You can check out our podcast. If you go on uh, any podcast app, iTunes, or podcast app, whatever they're calling it now, Spotify, and just search Beyond High Performance or Novus Global. You can find our podcast. There's episodes with uh, a lot of different athletes, a lot of entrepreneurs. Uh, Jason, our CEO, just interviewed the woman who wrote Beauty and the Beast, which is pretty cool. Uh, and then Pixar, some, some really interesting guests over there if you want to check that out. And lastly, wow. I want to promote um, something that one of uh, our guys, um, one of our players uh, has created Andrew Ladd has created an organization. The Ladd Foundation has created a program called 1616. If you go to 161616, like the numbers not written, .org, you can learn about an incredible program that they're putting together to bring this type of conversation uh, along with research from Queens University with some of the best sports psychology in the world to 10-year-old kids uh, playing in wow. hockey across North America. So they're in, they're in a phase of developing that program right now. Um, so if you're interested in supporting that or interested in learning more about 1616 with Andrew Ladd, he kind of knows what he's doing. He's been a captain, won a couple cups. He's a pretty good guy. Um, oh, yeah. I would definitely check that out. Yeah. So go check out Dan LaFillar and, uh, all the mentioned links will be available in the show notes. Uh, if, if, uh, if anyone wants to go connect with him and his company and him and his athletes have experienced just tons of success at the next level for years now. And I know they have a very bright future ahead of them. So maybe somewhere down the road, we'll have you back on the show, man, if that's something that interests you. Yeah, for sure, man. I had a lot of fun. <laughs> well, I'm grateful for you coming on, buddy. I had a blast too. You take care, stay safe and we'll chat soon, man. Okay. Thanks a lot. Thanks for tuning into this week's episode, guys. If you like what you heard today, make sure to hit that subscribe button as we have tons of amazing guests lined up ready to come onto the show in the next few months. And make sure to tune in next week and every Tuesday from now on at 8 a.m. as next week I have another amazing uh, American goal. Actually, he's from Canada, currently coaching in the U.S., uh, but coaching at the next level, having played at the next level for so long. And that's former standout athlete uh, turned standout coach at the USHL level, Matt Zaba. And as I mentioned, Matt had a, a ton of success as an active goaltender uh, in, in his prime. And, and in recent memory, he has coached several USHL Goalie of the Year award winners. And uh, lots of people suggested bringing Matt on. And I've heard amazing things about his work. And, and he's an awesome and chill guy who, who just has amazing insights on the game. And I couldn't be happier to welcome him to the show. So make sure to tune back next week. Without further ado, here are the giveaway details for our monthly giveaway we do for the Goalie Hacks podcast. And just as a note here, if you enter into this giveaway, even if you don't win, uh, we select four winners a month. And, and that includes books, uh, different products, training products, uh, neuro tracker subscriptions. We give away all sorts of things. We pick four people a month. And even if you don't win, uh, one month, you're always entered into uh, the, the future the future giveaway. So to enter the giveaway, 
If you're an Apple user, simply go to the Apple Podcast app on your phone and leave us a written review and rating. And if you're an Android user, you can also download iTunes onto your computer and leave a review and rating on there as well. And once you leave a review of the podcast, just take a screenshot of it and either email it to goaliehacks at gmail.com or DM me on Instagram with your screenshot and your full name. Get excited, guys. Great things ahead. I hope you guys enjoyed today's show, and I'll see you next week. Oh, yeah,